As Brother Kurt mentioned, we did go to the, the men's seminar yesterday, and it was very good, a uh, very enjoyable time. Um, I, I've forgotten how many people I knew, but I was just sitting in the back. And whenever we would have a break, I'd have like five or six of them that would come up and say my name or speak to me. I had some that, that passed me. One of them passed me and said my name. I don't even know who it was. I just, I didn't even get to turn around quick enough to see. But um, anyway, it is very good to, to have that fellowship and, and that time to, to learn as well. We're starting a new series for this month, and I kind of like doing the month-long series. Uh, we're doing a month-long series this month on the Great Commission, as it is given in Matthew chapter 28 and verses 18 through 20. As we know, the Great Commission was delivered to Jesus' disciples following His resurrection. And this commission is also given to us as well, not just the apostles that were present, but to us as Christians. In Matthew 28, beginning with verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. There are four things, and four things we're going to make lessons out of for this month that are mentioned here in these three verses. First of all, Christ's authority. We notice that He has been given authority. We see the responsibility of His disciples to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. We're also given responsibility as His disciples to teach all things that are commanded. And at the very end of the passage, we have a reminder that He would always be with them and that He will always be with us. Whatever may be faced, whatever difficulties we may see, He is with us to the end of the age. The Great Commission is passed from Jesus directly to His apostles who have now passed it to all followers of Christ. In the absence of the apostles today, we carry this commission to the current generation. And if we should fail to make disciples, then we have allowed the purpose and the mission of the church to fail as well. It's very sobering for us that we are commanded to make disciples of all nations. And that's something that we must do. Our lesson objective for today is to learn about the authority that is given to Christ in particular. To look at His authority, how it is given to Him, and, and what that means for us today. We begin with authority given. Jesus' authority over all of creation and all that ever was comes from the beginning of our time. In Genesis chapter 1 and in verse 26, 
We read, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Notice here that it doesn't say, let me make man in my image. Even though God is the one that's in charge of creation, it says, let us. Who is us? Who's the hour that is mentioned here? Uh, let us make man in our image. Our, we understand, is representative of the three-person Godhead, including Jesus, who was from the beginning. This thing keeps shaking. Let me get it up a little bit. There we go. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, as was our script reading for today. John 1, and beginning with verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The next few verses of chapter 1, we understand who the Word was. The Word was Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. Jesus is God. And He was from the beginning. Jesus didn't begin with His birth on earth. But He was from the beginning. Now we have to ask a question in regard to this authority, and especially in light of what we read in Matthew 28 and verse 18. Did Jesus always possess this authority overall in the way that He possessed it from the beginning? And the answer to that would be no. And I find this very interesting, but there are a couple of different passages throughout the New Testament that show us that this authority was diminished, at least to some degree, in Him coming to earth. We understand that Jesus was made to be man. He was, as is referred to in Hebrews chapter 2, a little lower than the angels. And particularly in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 9, it says this. Hebrews 2 and verse 9. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels. For the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Now there does come a point in his ministry and, and in his being that he, his, this authority is restored to him, at least to some degree, in his time on earth. But he was made to be a little lower than the angels by becoming man. We also find in chapter 8 of Hebrews, and in verse 4, 
that he could not be priest on earth. Hebrews 8 and verse 4, For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law. So even though we know him as the great high priest while on earth, he could not serve as priest. So the authority that Jesus possessed was at least somewhat diminished from what it had been from the creation when he came to earth. He gave up some of his authority to become one of us. Then we ask the question, when did Jesus regain his authority? There are differences of opinion in regard to that subject. Some believe that he might have regained this authority at his baptism or maybe at the transfiguration on the mountain. In both instances we hear the words from God This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And on one occasion, hear ye Him. And some believe that that maybe that is when He regains His authority. And there's also the belief that, that His authority wasn't regained until His death on the cross. And I'm more likely to lean toward that one. But regardless of when all authority was returned to Jesus, we do read in Matthew 28 and verse 18 that Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Which further references the fact that this authority was diminished in his coming to earth. This authority that had been given to Jesus, the authority that he referred to in this verse, could only have been given to him by God, the Father, as it is only his authority to give. We also read in Scripture of authority proclaimed. This authority was given. This authority was also proclaimed. Even before Jesus came to earth, it was prophesied that He would come and how He would come. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, Isaiah chapter 9, beginning with verse 6, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. 
It was prophesied that Jesus would come. And it was prophesied that these names would be the ones that, that would be used to refer to Him and to His authority and to His government. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We also read that it was prophesied what would happen when He came to earth. He didn't come here for pleasure or for a vacation or anything of that nature by any means. Jesus came for a particular purpose. To save man. And to save man by His own death. In Isaiah chapter 53, and beginning with verse 2, we read... For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were, our faces from Him. He was despised, and we did not esteem Him. Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to His own way, and the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and He was afflicted, yet He opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and he made intercession for the transgressors. These words were fulfilled in the, New, in the New Testament as we read. In coming to earth, Jesus fulfilled His purpose to 
offer himself as a sacrifice for the sins of mankind. Forgiveness is offered to all, though only a few will accept it in obedience. We do realize that some authority was given to Christ while He was on earth. Some of the authority that He laid down in coming and being born as man was given to Him in the fulfillment of prophecy and in what happened within the Scriptures. At His baptism we read in Mark chapter 1 verses 9 through 11 it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water He saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon Him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. In the Transfiguration on the Mountain in Mark 9, verses 2 through 7, we read, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves. And He was transfigured before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white, like snow, such as no launderer on earth can whiten them. And Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, because he did not know what to say. But they were greatly afraid. As we're going to find out in our Wednesday night class in a few weeks, Jesus or Peter was often guilty of speaking before he thought. And here we read that he didn't even know what to say, so this is what he said. But we read in verse 7 that a cloud came and overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son. Hear Him. Jesus, within His ministry, spoke to many people, teaching them what would be. He spoke not on His own authority, but on the authority of God. And we see that this authority was given to Him. <clears throat> Though He was given authority to proclaim the Word of God to the Jews, it wasn't until after His resurrection that authority over death and hell was fully realized. Mention of Christ's final authority is made in Hebrews 8 and verse 6. But now He has obtained a more excellent ministry. Inasmuch as He is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. All authority has been given 
under Christ in heaven and on earth. We see that He has authority over all today. He has been given all authority, but He has never claimed authority over our thoughts and actions. We have free will on this earth. We have the ability to make our own decisions regarding whether or not we will serve God. So even though Jesus does have authority over all, He doesn't force us to serve Him. We make that determination for ourselves. We must accept His authority over us to become children of God. Such as Peter, he accepted Christ's authority. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 16 When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter accepted the authority that Christ had. Likewise, the disciples, as we read in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 and 17, preceding the verses that contain what we refer to as the Great Commission. Matthew 28 and verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him. But some doubted. They worshipped Him. They believed who He was. There was some doubt among them. But all doubt was erased in the coming days. And those disciples went on teaching and preaching and spreading the gospel to all mankind. And we continue their mission today. Those who doubted would be convinced. And all present would carry out what was commissioned to them by Jesus. Today, we must accept Christ's authority. If we refuse to accept it, then we face the consequences of those actions. But how do we accept the authority? Do we do so as Peter did and confess that we believe that Christ is the Son of God? Yes. We also accept His authority through our obedience and repentance and changing our lives. Walking toward Christ rather than walking in the ways of the world. We accept His authority in baptism for the remission of our sins. And we accept His his authority through faithful obedience to His will. We make a decision in our lives of whether or not we want to serve God. 
I believe that all of us have, have made that decision. But maybe you've not. Maybe there's something lacking. Maybe you've not become a Christian. Maybe you've not accepted His authority through obedience to the gospel plan of salvation. Maybe it is that you've not continued in faithful service throughout your life. Maybe you have need of coming back to Him, rededicating your life to Him, asking for prayer on your behalf, asking for forgiveness for something that you've done. Maybe you simply realize that you cannot do it on your own. Have you accepted Christ's authority? Are you living a faithful life as a Christian? If there's anything that we can assist you with today in accepting His authority, allow us to do so. As together we stand and as we sing.